0: Chapters 3-5 to five of The Shadow Witch by Gertrude Crownfield
1: So let your eyes fall heavy and your breath soften as we settle in for a peaceful night's sleep. Chapter 3
0: In the land of the Fire Fairies, great happiness reigned. Only a little while before, Prince Radiance had brought the lovely Princess White Flame safely home to her father, after many perilous and strange adventures, and King Red Flame had rewarded the noble prince with his daughter's hand. In the king's marvellous palace, the palace of burning coals, their fairy wedding had been celebrated with outbursts of joy and exultation. In the very heart of the king's dominion stood the palace, perfect, in beauty from its dazzling foundations to its topmost flaming turret, brightness unquenchable shone from its walls. Warmth and the spirit of friendliness streamed from its windows and wide flung golden doors. Beyond it, in the garden of the princess. The exquisite flame-roses and stately fire-lilies unfolded to a richer, fuller beauty. The huge fire-oak, under which Prince Radiance had first beheld the enchanted princess as a fine white flame, rustled its ruddy leaves and glowed more intensely from root to crown, almost as though it knew and rejoiced in the part which it had played in the fortunes of this happy wedded pair. Throughout the whole kingdom a gentle music filled the warm air, And charmed the ear. The music of fairy voices. The music of whispering flames. The music of tripping feet. All the sweet sounds of the fire gathered into one continuous strain of gladness. Now high and clear. As if it could not be restrained. Now low and soft, as if even its quietness, all must still murmur the praise of the king and his beloved children. Into this land of wondrous light and beauty came creeping shadow, marveling at what she saw, awed by it, stirred by it. Sure in her heart that from a place so bright, so pure, so lovely, help must come for her imprisoned mistress. The elf of the borderland had spoken truly. From the moment she had entered the land of the fire fairies, she had met with nothing but kindness. The fairies had looked with wonder upon this stranger with the sorrowful face and trailing robes of grey. But all had helped her on her journey, and none had asked her more than she had cared to tell. Twilight had come when, foot sore and weary, She reached the palace of burning coals. The palace gardens, lovely in the softened glow of the evening, were deserted. The fire lilies stood tall and lonely by the garden paths, but from every window of the palace streamed brilliant lights, and from its doorway "'floated sounds of joy and laughter. "'It was that pleasant hour of evening "'in which the fairies, "'their tasks in the fields and house and garden complete, "'came freely to the palace hall "'to dance and sing and tell, "'in the king's presence, "'tales of past adventures and noble deeds. Creeping Shadow stood timidly at the gate for a moment, longing yet feared to enter. How could she dare to hope that the Prince would turn from a place so bright and joyous to come to aid of her mistress in a drear and dangerous land? But the need of the shadow witch was too great to be set aside. Her servant cast off her fears and stole silently through the garden and up to the radiant door. Pausing on its threshold, her dark eyes travelled straight down the palace hall to the vast room that opened beyond. And there, upon a tall golden throne, King Redflame sat. At his right hand stood he who she had come to seek. She remembered him well, that brave and handsome prince, whom her mistress had for a time deluded by her magic in the land of shadows. His yellow locks fell as softly over his shoulders. His noble countenance wore the same high look of courage and good cheer as on that day. His scarlet velvet cloak and cap, his waving feather, were the very same. Close beside him was the princess. In shining robes, with floating hair of the palest gold. Never before had the shadow seen her, but from her charming face, so tender and beautiful, She knew that it could be none else, knew, also, that no cry for help and pity could come to her in vain. Gathering her grey robes closer about her, Creeping Shadow entered boldly and sped through the hall. Groups of gaily chattering fire fairies saw this strange visitant flit by them, but were too startled and amazed to check her as she passed so she came unhindered into the presence of the royal company. But before she had reached them, the princess saw her. With a low cry of terror, she caught the prince's hand. See, Radiance, see who comes, she whispered tremulously. Is not this one from that grim land where we once wandered so long? Then the prince saw her also and knew her to be the servant of the shadow witch. Yet before he could answer, creeping shadow had reached them and thrown herself at King Redflame's feet. Hear me. O king, she implored, I am creeping shadow, I come not to bring evil, but to beseech aid from Prince Radiance for my mistress, the Shadow Witch, who is now in bitter trouble, and who not long since was a true friend to him. Touched by the sorrow in her voice, King Red Flame gave gracious answer. Arise, creeping shadow, and speak without fear. I give my royal word that whatever we can do to secure your mistress shall surely be done. Prince Radiance stooped down and himself raised the shadow to her feet. Your mistress was indeed my friend, he declared. I can never forget my debt to her. Tell us quickly, what is this trouble that she has befallen? To their words, the Princess Whiteflame added gently, Yes, tell us. For not my prince alone, but my father and myself also are debtors to the shadow witch. Thus cheered and encouraged, creeping shadow began her tale, Surrounded by the pitying fairies, All eager to show their sympathy for her and their desire to befriend her. When all was told, Prince Radiance, without waiting for the king to speak, cried at once, Your majesty, my duty is plain, the shadow witch must not be left to suffer punishment because of me. Let me go at once to rescue her, with my sword of flames, by which I so lately conquered the wizard, I can again put him to naught. For a moment the king made no answer, At the generous words of the prince, A sob of joy broke from creeping shadow, But Princess White Flame shuddered, In memory she saw again the dark cavern of the wizard, remembered its cruel master and the evil spell by which he had endeavoured to destroy her prince and for a brief space she forgot the sore trouble of the shadow witch helpless and in that wizard's power it was but for an instant however then her voice "'tender and full of sympathy arose, "'quivering though it was with her fears "'for the safety of her prince. "'Ah, no, we cannot let her suffer. "'You must go.' "'Come, come quickly, then,' "'breathed creeping shadow. "'Come while there is yet time.' Before the princess could make further answer to her plea, King Redflame interposed with firm yet gentle authority. Stay, my son. In so grave a matter we must not take no step amiss. We must seek the best counsel that our kingdom affords. The wise one alone, out of his great store of wisdom, will know how to give it. With lifted hand he summoned his swiftest messenger. Go, rushing flame, he commanded. Say to the wise one that the king has need of him. In haste, rushing flame departed and in a deep silence, broke only now and then by the low whispering of the fire fairies, all awaited the coming of the wise one. So ready was the wise one to give counsel wherever it was required, that much sooner than could have been expected from one of his age, he stood before the king. Creeping shadow, lifting her eyes eagerly, beheld a very ancient fairy, clad in deep scarlet. His beard was white as snow. His eyes were piercingly keen. Never had she seen anyone who looked At once, so ancient and so wise. Your Majesty, said the Wise One gravely, making him a low obeisance, how can I serve you? Give me of your good counsel, King Red's Flame besought him. Far away in the cave of her brother, the Wizard. The shadow which lies imprisoned, not for any fault of hers, but for her kindness to Prince Radiance and my beloved daughter. Her servant, Creeping Shadow, whom you see yonder, has come to beg the prince to haste to her deliverance. What say you, if he goes? Will he have power to deliver her? If he goes, will he return in safety? Anxiously, Princess White Flame fixed her eyes upon the wise one's face and awaited the answer to her father's question. No less anxiously did Creeping Shadow listen to hear the fate of her dear mistress nay your majesty replied the wise one with great earnestness deeply as the prince is indebted to the shadow witch brave though he is and potent as is his sword of flames against the wizard it is not given to him to deliver her Hearing his words, tears rushed to the eyes of creeping shadow. Alas, alas, my poor mistress, she sobbed. If this be true, what is to become of her in the dense darkness where she lies captive with all her magic power gone? A low murmur of pity ran from one to the other of the kind-hearted fire fairies, from the king himself to the humblest fairy gathered there. Princess White Flame laid a consoling hand upon Creeping Shadow's shoulder. Wait but a moment, she told her. The wise one has great knowledge, great wisdom. No magic is hid from him. Somewhere there must be one who can bring secure to your mistress. The wise one will know of him and can tell us where he may be found. You speak truly, my princess, the wise one hastened to inform her. It is written in my book of wisdom that when this misfortune falls upon the shadow witch, there is but one who can release her from the enchanted chamber where the wizard now holds her, but one who can bring her unharmed through the perils which will afterwards beset her. His name? cried the king, Prince Radiance and the princess in one voice. His name, cried Creeping Shadow beseechingly. Sire, it is your nephew, Prince Ember, declared the wise one. He is who is fated to set her free. From all those who had waited in breathless suspense for his answer, there burst a murmur of intense relief. Creeping Shadow's heart beat quick with joy. And the perils of which you spoke, shall my dear nephew also escape them unscathed, demanded King Red Flame anxiously. I Truly, your majesty, the ancient one assured him, all will be well if he but follows my advice. Send him to me and I will instruct him. His counsel given, the wise one bade farewell to his master and returned to his hut. Once more rushing flames set out in haste on the king's business, but this time it was to summon Prince Ember that he might learn from the royal lips the task that was his to perform. Chapter 4 Beautiful is the land of glowing embers near to the palace of the King Red Flame. When morning dawns a light soft and rosy bathes its castle and its gardens. At noonday its pale sweet glow burns to a richer glory, and a flush of deepest rose ascends over turrets and blossoming trees with nightfall a purple splendor settles over all things while its peaceful fairies sleep set in the midst of it is the home of Prince Ember the fairy palace of good cheer in his favorite room in the palace Prince Ember sat Alone, in deep thought. Spread open upon the table before him was a thick volume, written in the ancient fairy language, filled with tales of fairy adventure of a far off time. As he read and pondered them, his heart was filled with longing that he, too, might go upon some dangerous quest, might win some noble victory. His domain was quiet. His servants were happy and at peace. He knew nothing that could call him forth. Tall and straight of limb and very handsome was this prince of the land of glowing embers. Ruddy gold was his hair, like the fire when it glows most richly. His eyes were bright and kind. The cloak that hung from his shoulders was deep red and fell over red garments of yet deeper hue. From his round red cap a black feather drooped to mingle with the glory of his hair. As yet he had no princess, for as yet he had seen none who stirred his heart, though for want of her he was sometimes lonely, even in his palace of good cheer. The fairies of his dominions loved him well and served him with zeal, for none was kinder none more nobly just than their own Prince Ember. Sitting in his palace on this summer evening, he remembered the brave deeds which Prince Radiance had lately done, deeds not less splendid than these which were written in this ancient book. And while he sighed, because he felt that for him there could be no such high adventures, rushing flame was speeding towards his palace on the errand of the king. The messenger gave no heed in his swift passing to the loveliness of the land, but turning neither to right nor left, came straight to the arched and golden gate that gave entrance to the garden of the prince. Like an arrow he sped through it and on to the palace door. An ember fairy opened to his knock and, when he told his business, led him quickly to the prince. Your Highness, he announced, Rushing Flame is here with a message from the king. Speak, Rushing Flame, commanded the prince. What word do you bring me from his majesty? That you will come to him at once, the messenger replied. There are important matters that require your presence. "'Know you aught of what these matters may be?' demanded Prince Ember. "'This much only I may tell you, your highness. "'They concern a dangerous and difficult adventure. "'More than this you must learn from the king himself,' answered Rushing Flame. Prince Ember sprang to his feet, his eyes kindling with eagerness. See that my horse is brought quickly to the palace door, he cried to the Ember Fairy, who still lingered near, for I go in haste to my uncle, the king. The Fairy obeyed, and presently the hoof, Beasts of the ruddy charger that bore the prince resounded on the road that led to the palace of burning coals. A good steed and a swift was he. Before rushing flame, with all his speed, had gone half the distance homeward, the prince alighted at the door of his uncle's palace and a moment later presented himself before the king. Ah, my dear Ember, exclaimed King Redflame, grasping his hand, your presence is most earnestly desired, for there has come to us a servant of the Shadow Witch, beseeching help for her mistress, who now lies captive to her brother. "'the wizard of the Cave of Darkness. "'This punishment he inflicts upon her "'because of her kindness to Prince Radiance and my daughter. "'Gladly would Prince Radiance prove his gratitude "'by hasting to her deliverance, "'but the wise one has declared that it would be in vain, "'has declared that it is yourself.' and none other who is fated to set her free. Since this is so, is it your desire to go upon this adventure? Ah, your majesty, cried Prince Ember, his countenance glowing with ardour. No task could be more welcome. I am ready to set forth immediately. The king was greatly pleased, and creeping shadow, her anxious fears at rest, bowed herself at Prince Ember's feet in gratitude too deep for speech. The hearts of Prince Radiance and Princess Whiteflame overflowed with joy since the deliverance of the Shadow Witch seemed now assured and their happiness was reflected in the faces of all the fairies gathered there. King Red Flame spoke again. That your success in this adventure may be made certain, you must first go to the Wise One and receive his instructions. If you obey them, he assures me that you can't fail. I will give good heed to them, Prince Ember promised him. So, saying he took his leave and followed by creeping shadow, set out on foot for the home of the Wise One. The queer little hut where the Wise One lived was not far off, and soon they stood before its door, Creeping shadow looked with astonishment at its bright red walls, covered with magic inscriptions, whose meaning was hidden from all but the wise one. She beheld with amazement the chimneys, the lighted torches that topped its roof and the blazing flame bushes that surrounded it. When the prince knocked, on the quaintly carved door and entered the wise one's word she drew back quickly and seated herself under a flame bush until he should appear again within the hut the prince found the aged fairy awaiting him hail prince ember said he rising to greet him You go upon a noble quest. I go gladly, replied the prince, and the words came from his heart. You must not go unprepared, returned the wise one. Upon those fairy gifts that you carry with you, upon the use that you make of them, the success of your adventure depends. And what shall these gifts be? inquired the prince. First of all, a sword was the instant answer, a fairy sword of power. Alas, sighed the prince, that I do not possess. It can be provided, returned the wise one, smiling. He stepped to an ancient chest, deeply carved with mystic signs, that stood quite by itself in the corner of the hut. From out the chests many magic gifts had come, when need was great. Filled to the brim with treasures as it always was, None saw aught within but those gifts which were for his own use. The wise one bent down and fitted a key in the lock. After its manner the key turned of itself in the lock, and after its manner the lid rose of itself upon its huge hinges. Come, said the wise one. And behold your sword. Prince Ember stepped quickly to his side. Before his eyes, clothes sheathed in its shiny scabbard, lay the fairy sword of power. A thrill of awe passed through him at the sight. Take it, commanded the wise one. The prince lifted it out. And as he unsheathed it, at the wise one's word, it filled the hut with a burning glow. Heat, intense and ardent, streamed from it, making warm the air. This is the sword of fire, the ancient fairy told him. As potent it will be in your hands and for your use, As was the sword of flames in the hands of Prince Radiance. In every danger that you must meet, over every obstacle that you must encounter, save one, it will be victorious. Prince Ember's heart beat fast. And for that other? he asked eagerly. For that, Also, I have a gift, was the answer. Look within the chest once more and you will see. Leaning down, the prince peered into the dimness of the chest. There is a small round box, he said. Take it and open it, commanded the wise one. Obediently? Prince Ember drew it forth and undid its clasp. He looked within and saw a bit of charcoal, black and glistening. Nothing more. He regarded it with astonishment. What power has this to help me? he inquired. Its power is great, returned the wise one gravely. Guard it with care. When escape for yourself and the shadow which seems impossible, take it out and cast it boldly into the midst of the danger that threatens you. And by its good spell, your way to safety will be made clear. The prince thanked him. He closed the box and placed it carefully in his breast. "'In order that you may succeed in this undertaking,' continued his adviser, "'you must be able to reach the prison of the Shadow Witch Unseen. "'You know, as well as I do, "'that among the good fairies of the fire,' Only the Ember Fairies have power to become entirely invisible. Within the Wizard's Cave, your own magic will serve to make you so. But in the plain outside, you must have the Cloak of Ash. This also you will give me? demanded the Prince with quickening breath. Nay, I have it not. "'answered the wise one, shaking his head. "'Only the elf of the borderland can bestow this upon you, "'for he alone, together with his elves, possesses the secret of its making. "'Moreover it must be woven in the presence of him who is to wear it, "'otherwise it has no power.' Go to him and ask it. He will not refuse you. Creeping Shadow, who knows where he is to be found, will guide you to him. Do in all things as I have advised you, and you will not fail. So Prince Ember, with grateful words, bade the wise one goodbye and departed with his gifts. And as he left the hut, creeping shadow arose from her seat beneath the flame bush and came to walk beside him and guide him to the borderland. Quite alone in the borderland stands the house of the good grey elf. Its door was fast shut and its windows closed when Prince Ember and Creeping Shadow approached it. The thick thatch of ash which covered its roof and came low down upon its walls so concealed it from view that had he been without his companion to guide him, the prince might have sought for it long in vain. When they had reached it, Creeping Shadow stood still, This is the house of the elf, she said. Then turning, she pointed to a high black cliff that rose in the distance. And yonder is the cave of darkness, where the wizard dwells. And my poor mistress lies imprisoned. As soon as you have left the elf, lose no time in reaching her, I beg of you. For the wizard is very cruel, and I know not what he may do to her if help is long delayed. When you have climbed the steep path which leads up the cliffside, you will behold the entrance to the cavern yawning before you. As for myself, I shall return now to the land of shadows to await in hope, the homecoming of my mistress. She turned again and struck upon the elf's door thrice. It was the signal of the servants of the Shadow Witch. In silence the door swung open, and the prince set his foot upon the threshold. Farewell, noble and generous prince murmured Creeping Shadow. Good speed and safe return. Farewell, said Prince Ember. Rest confident that I shall bring home the Shadow Witch in triumph. He passed within, and as silently as he had opened it, the door
1: closed upon him. CHAPTER FIVE
0: Alone in the deep darkness of her prison sat the Shadow which, growing paler and sadder every day. She was beginning to fear that after all Creeping Shadow could do nothing to help her, for how could she have penetrated to this dungeon? with its thick walls that hemmed her in. She doubted not that the wizard kept the entrance to the cave closely guarded. Indeed he had told her that it was so. Daily her food was brought to her by the chief imp, who grew more and more impertinent to her. Daily her brother came to taunt her with her weakness, with his own power over her. Proudly as she bore herself, she could not but dread his coming, could not but wonder what he might still have in store for her punishment and suffering. Never before had she so hated the evil magic of the wizard and his friends, and even her own magic, which she had always used in mischief than with evil in her heart, had grown detestable to her. The longing to escape had become so great that she could hardly endure it, but with each visit from her brother, her hope of freedom, became less and less. So scornfully did he laugh at her when she demanded to know when she should be set at liberty. One day, as she sat thinking bitterly of the hardness of her lot, she heard once again the sound of approaching footsteps and, immediately after, the wall parted and her brother entered. The lanterns of the imp who came in with him cast but a dim light in the thick darkness, yet faint as it was, the shadow witch felt herself revive a little. She gathered up all her strength and rose to face the wizard defiantly. In silence the imp's flocked in and ranged themselves along the soot hung walls the wizard advanced towards his sister with his cruel smile well my clever sister he asked her jeeringly, how fares it with you now in this pleasant resting place The dark eyes of the shadow witch rested coldly upon his face, but she vouchsafed him no reply. Here it is true, you have no special opportunity to do further mischief, continued the wizard, and that is a hardship for you, to be sure, but you have plenty of time for repentance which you need far more. As for your land of shadows, word has come to me that your servant, Black Shadow, holds sway in your absence. Nay, more, that she rejoices in her power and is not too eager for your return. Still the Shadow Witch made no reply. She did not doubt what he said, for she knew well the boldness and insolence of Black Shadow, but she would not gratify him by showing that she cared in the least. And Creeping Shadow, he went on, that other servant in whom, above all the rest, you have had confidence, she, also, has joined herself to black shadow, and obeys her in all things. In that I know you speak falsely, retorted the shadow witch. There is none more faithful to me than creeping shadow. Nothing could turn her away from her loyalty to me. I have many other servants also who love me and serve me well she did not show herself loyal when she sought me in the cave not long since observed the wizard stroking his dingy beard with a slow hand at first she did indeed pretend to desire your freedom at first she wept and pleaded with me for your release "'as though she were in earnest. "'But when she found that I gave no heed to her, "'she cast off all disguise "'and showed plainly that she rejoiced in your imprisonment. "'She even went so far as to try to bargain with me to hold you here. "'She needed not to bargain, my good sister.' "'for nothing could change my purpose towards yourself. "'I have determined that it is this prison you shall find "'all of your home or kingdom that will be yours for many a day.' "'Nought that you can say would serve to convince me "'that Creeping Shadow is a traitor,' she answered. Why should I trust your word in place of what I know of her? The day of my deliverance may be far off, The way of its accomplishment may be hard, But I shall be free at last, For this is my faithful servant's work, As you shall find. Still the wizard sought to stir her, To break down her courage. How unfortunate it is that you have no prince to aid in this good work, he taunted. Such a prince's radiance, perhaps, he whom you ran such risk to aid. But he has returned to the land of fire with his pale princess and will hardly trouble himself now to release you from the prison that you are enduring because of him. Proudly the Shadow Witch raised her head, and for the first time since her imprisonment there were tears in her beautiful eyes. Whether or no he remembers me in the midst of his joy, she answered. Whether or no he will secure me in my need, I shall never be sorry that I helped to deliver his princess. He it was who first brought brightness into my dreary land. He it was who, for the first time in my life, made me know what it is to be noble. Happy I am, then even here and now, that it was given me to serve him. Proud I am with a far different pride than any that I have known before. The wizard heard her in amaze. Had his sister taken leave of her senses, What had come over the mischief-loving shadow witch that she should speak in this fashion? You behave strangely, sister, he replied sharply. Can it be that it was something more than the mere pleasure of outwitting and injuring me that led you to aid this impudent stranger, enemy to your people, and to all who dwell in this land. Aye, returned the Shadow Witch boldly, it was indeed something more. I could not see one so brave and good become the victim of your evil magic, nor allow his happiness to be destroyed by those wicked ones who plotted for his destruction. He has awakened me to what we are, and I tell you now that if once I escape from the power of your dark spell, I shall bid you and your friends farewell ever. If in my own land of shadows, I can cause to spring up a better magic than it has known heretofore, it will be well. But if that hope proves vain, I shall forsake my home and go to that land of brightness and good magic from whence the prince came, and there learn nobler ways and find a truer home. At these words of his sister, the wizard burst forth in such furious rage that his imps hearing, shrank back close to the wall of the cavern, trembling with fright. Miserable creature, he shouted, is it not enough that you have brought suffering upon me, that you should go to the land of fire, carrying with you the secrets of all who dwell in this land? Traitor!" Until now I had meant to punish you, but for a time. But now I know that to release you is to prepare misfortune and betrayal for every one of us. It shall never, never be. You have warned me in time. You have sealed your own doom. Never, while I have power to keep you within these walls, Shall you escape to carry out your purpose? You may well say while you have power to keep me, retorted the Shadow Witch. Do what you may, I shall yet be freed. Then I shall go where I will. Still more enraged by her unshaken defiance, the wizard sprang upon her and grasped her wrist. He towered above her dark and forbidding. He gave a sharp command to the imps and in an instant they had departed with the lanterns. In the thick darkness that followed the shadow witch heard him say nothing more but she felt that same strange magic stream from his hand that she had felt on the day that she had first entered her prison, and she became as weak and helpless as she did before. When he had gone and the walls had closed behind him, she fell to weeping wildly, not for Prince Radiance, whom she should see no more, but for that noble brightness that he had once brought to her eyes, and with the dread in her heart that it would never be hers. Yet, even as she wept, even nearer and nearer to the cave of darkness, came Prince Ember, hasting from the land of fire upon the glorious adventure,
1: of her deliverance.